welcome to episode 920 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by our Patreon supporters and the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I am Ben Lindbergh of 538, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus. Hello. Hey. Anything you care to discuss today? Nope. Well, I think we'll probably just do a quick one, as we're recording a little later than usual, and this is something that we have touched on before, but it seems to be a story that's gaining more and more attention, so I figured this would be a good time to check in on it. Namely, home runs. Everyone's writing about home runs these days. Everyone has noticed that baseball players are hitting lots of home runs these days, and it really is possibly even an unprecedented number of home runs. It's not just an increase relative to last season or to recent seasons when offense was down and home runs were down relative to the PED era, the home run era. But we're back up now to really the all-time heights of home run hitting. And by my calculations, last month, June, was the all-time home runniest month, I think, ever in Major League history, going by home runs on contact, which, you know, defining contact as just at-bats that don't end in a strikeout. So the the percentage of at-bats, of non-strikeout at-bats that end in a home run last month was higher than in any month, I believe, ever. Higher than any month in 1999, higher than any month in 2000, which are the the peak home run seasons, and higher even than any month at the end of last season when everyone suddenly started speculating about why home runs were up. And the home run rate thus far in July is even higher than June's home run rate. Now, suddenly, Giancarlo Stanton is contributing to the home run rate again. So I wanted to ask a a couple questions about this. Obviously, this is something we talked about briefly, I think, when Rob Arthur and I wrote about what seemed to be a trend earlier this year before opening day. We talked about how the home run rate spiked in the second half of last season and seemed to continue in spring training this year. But now it's basically a full year, a full calendar year of home run hitting at a rate that we either haven't seen at all or haven't seen for 15 years since, you know, everyone was talking about how players were juiced and the ball was juiced and and baseball was incredibly home run prone. So I guess the first question is, would you notice, do you think, if you weren't reading any coverage and you weren't reading, suddenly there are a ton of stories about how, you know, the Orioles hit the most home runs any team has ever hit in the month of June, and Chris Young is allowing home runs at the highest rate of any pitcher ever, and Mark Trumbo has 26 home runs somehow, and, you know, so you start seeing all these stories about home run records and guys with home run totals that we haven't seen in years, and suddenly you put all of that together and you realize, though, yeah, the the entire league is hitting lots of home runs. But do you think you would really know if you weren't studying stats every day, if you weren't reading articles every day, if you had just, you know, watched baseball casually this season, just just dropped in on a game here or there, even really watched a game every day, but not really dug into the numbers. Do you think the difference is enough that you would know that something strange and, and something that we hadn't seen for quite some time was going on? I think certainly not. Okay. I Partly because overall offense isn't way up to, you know, 2000 levels. Like it, it back in 2000 you could tell that that weird things were happening 
because there were just so many runs being scored and you know home runs were a part of that but more than anything else it was just that there there was just such an imbalance between offense and pitching and there isn't that imbalance it's it's actually about as balanced as it's ever been in the aggregate um and so uh, depending on how you want to say what balance is uh and so uh i would um i would not notice uh, on those grounds, I, it, baseball doesn't feel like it's any less competitive on an inning by inning basis than it ever has been. And the other thing is that there really aren't, I mean, nobody's challenging 73. Nobody's even challenging 60. You mentioned Mark Trumbo having 26 home runs, which is not that notable. Like it's, we're past the halfway point. There have been, you know, lots of, lots of people have had 25 home run halves, uh, in history. Uh, and the fact that that leads the majors, I mean, it's sort of interesting that there are a lot of guys with 20, 20-plus uh, 20 at the halfway point. And so we might have a lot of 40s after having a few years where even 40s were rare. Like, I think someone led the league with 38 a couple years ago, and that's not going to happen uh, this year. But you don't, like, I can't think of the, like, I think of the Canary in, in the coal mine for the, for the, well, I guess it wasn't the Canary in the coal mine because it came in the middle of it, but... Like there would, you'd have like, um, you know, rando second baseman would hit, you know, forty home runs. So like people would would sort of talk, like grapple with the fact that uh, guys who were not even that good. Like if Zach Cozart had twenty twenty three this year, like if he was doing, um, if 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 there was something like that where it was like this guy is actually on pace to have you know forty forty something. Uh, then we might, but there really isn't that. You've got a couple of outliers, you know. Adam Duvall is sort of weird, but otherwise, it's just there's some powerful hitters who have a lot of home runs, but nobody's on pace to go 60, let alone 70. Uh, it doesn't feel like we've got. I mean, you've still got plenty of Eduardo Nunez's around who are, you know, good baseball players without being on a 30 home run pace. It's not like there's only one way to be good. And so, uh, in fact, uh, it's sort of striking how little. I would notice it, given that in the aggregate, the league is hitting so many more home runs. Yeah, and I guess that's a good thing. Or, you know, that was one of the hallmarks of the late 90s, early 2000s era. It wasn't just that there were lots of runs or lots of home runs. There were, of course, but there were also just these incredible, unbelievable individual performances. And there was just a, just, it seemed like a a very high variation among players and high standard deviations, if you look at it statistically, and there were just guys having all-time great seasons, you know, not only just hitters, but Pedro and Randy Johnson and Maddox and Clemens, and then, of course, on the other side, you were getting McGuire and Sosa and just all of these just individual performances that we hadn't seen, and you're right, we're not really seeing that this year, other than Chris Young's home run rate. We're not really seeing guys set records so much, though the league as a whole has changed, but whether it's just because of greater parity or because this is maybe not PED driven, and we still don't know how much of the the previous offensive era was PED driven, but that's at least one of the potential explanations for why there was so much variation among players. So this is a little different, and maybe this is better, or, or I don't know. It's definitely less noticeable. And what you said is right. We're kind of just at the average amount of run scoring now. After years of hand-wringing and just wondering if pitchers had won, the ongoing war was over and pitchers were just better than hitters now and something had to be done and the strike zone and the ball and all of these possible solutions. And now we are back 
so far at 4.51 runs per game. And if you look at the average runs per game figures from, say, 1920 to 2015, you get 4.48. So we are almost right at the average amount of scoring in baseball over the last many decades. And I mean, I guess that's good, right? I guess the the crisis is kind of over. And the fact that it's so hard to notice unless you're really looking for it maybe means that we were worrying about it too much. I'm not sure if it just, you know, the fact that we've now gone back to basically a, an average amount of run scoring and it's not too high or too low. It's just right, right? It's like the perfect temperature or it, it should be. And yet I don't know that baseball is better. I don't know that the average fan notices that baseball is any different than it was. So maybe it just doesn't matter all that much what the run environment is. Maybe it, it's just baseball regardless. I I want to go back to the middle infielder hitting, you know, 35 home runs thing that was uh, felt so prevalent in the in the 90s and and isn't there now. And to put this in perspective, I uh, I just did a play index since 1993 uh, sorting home runs by catcher, second base, or shortstops. And to find anybody to find anybody on this list from recent times, uh, you have to go down to, for instance, uh, number 18 is the first person in this decade. That's Dan Ugla in 2011. So I mean, a full half decade ago. To find somebody more recent than that, you have to go to Robinson Cano at number 33, and that was only in 2012. To find somebody more recent than that, you have to go, I'm still scrolling here, uh, you have to go down to number 73, uh, Brian Dozier with 28 home runs in uh, 2015. There really was this whole era of Chris Hoyles's and Terry Steinbach's uh, and Mike Lieberthal's and Rich Aurelia's and and so on. Brett Boone, Bill Hall, these guys who were like you know middle infielders that were doing ridiculous things with power numbers, and that hasn't been the case. Even as we've seen power uh, over the last few years, basically power like while runs were down, power stayed up for the most part. But uh, it stayed up in a way that didn't really jar you. Um, alert because it was the corner outfielders and the first baseman and the DH who were mainly hitting, you know, a consistent level of home runs. But maybe it's just that teams' uh, appreciation for deep, renewed, resurged appreciation for defense from high-profile positions perhaps made them, um, you know, kept uh, kept them from investing in, uh, you know, Jose Valentin types. Uh, uh, or maybe, uh, or maybe, uh, in fact, uh, this premise that I have is about to be outdated because uh, while some people who are paying closer attention to their fantasy teams than I am probably already know this, uh, there is the potential for this year to um, to really crash this leaderboard that I was just looking at. Trevor Story, of course, has 19 already in half a season, uh, and I'm going to skip the guys like. Cano and Machado, who are actually really good, but Story with 19, Danny Espinosa with 18, Marcus Semien has 18, Ruggie Odor has 16, Neil Walker has 15, Cozart mentioned has um, has 14, and so uh, no catchers, oddly enough. You have to go all the way down to uh, Brian McCann, who only has 13, but um, maybe this year is the year that, in fact, uh, the middle infielders, the, the giant uh, swing for the fences middle infielder has returned 
Uh, and maybe it's just that uh, I won't or we won't notice it until it gets to uh, you know to big baseball card numbers like thirty and thirty five and forty at the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, and of course this hasn't solved or reversed the the strikeout trend. Strikeouts are up a lot as we talked about very early in the season. That trend is still holding, and so if you're not the sort of fan who likes three true outcomes and wants to see balls in play, then more homers, more strikeouts is not ideal, but it does sort of seem to remove some of the urgency from all of the, the calls to do something. And, and we were hearing that as recently as this spring that MLB was thinking about raising the strike zone and, and that might happen for next season. And maybe it still should, but now you almost have to worry about whether there will be too much offense if you shrink the strike zone because, I mean, it might help with the strikeout problem, but now suddenly we're at this kind of ideal or normal range of run scoring, and now if you tamper with the strike zone, then maybe we race scoring to a level where people start to complain about too much scoring. So, I don't know. It uh, it seems to remove some of the urgency, at least from it, in that the strikeout trend is not any different from what it was, but... Before, the strikeout trend was paired with the scoring trend, and people were wondering whether the strikeouts were a symptom of just batters being behind pitchers and never being able to catch up without some assistance, whereas now it seems like they have found a way to compensate or something has changed in order for them to score at, at levels that they used to back when they put the ball in play more often. You know, I Ben, I'm going to... Uh, start talking about a weird thing I was just thinking about while you were talking. I uh, I'm not I'm not in favor of robo umps behind the plate. However, it would be kind of cool if you did have robo umps behind the plate. Uh, that you could, if you wanted to, as the league, you could almost assure a perfectly steady offensive environment by having the strike zone get tweaked uh, minimally, really almost in imperceptibly to uh in response to how much scoring there is so just you could just shave off like you know hundreds of inches around the edges you could have it be like totally dynamic where it could change even from like week to week if you really wanted to uh, and and almost nobody would be able to tell and i don't think all but one or two hitters in the history of baseball would even necessarily be able to um to complain because i don't think they can usually tell the difference between 10.81 inches and 10.83 inches and yet those two hundredths of an inch probably affect uh you know enough calls that uh that they affect uh you know a few tenths of a run per game anyway sorry yeah well i think they would be able to complain i think they would complain right? oh they would complain <laughs> then you'd be they able would... to complain about every single call because every sure. single call could be an example of major league baseball's invisible hand tampering with the strike zone without their knowledge yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably a terrible idea that there's probably a one non-terrible way of implementing this that I would not trust humans to uh, to figure out, and so they would probably implement it in a terrible way. Forget I ever said it. <laughs> so we have acknowledged that this has happened. Do you have any theories about why it has happened? Because that's still a mystery, and the fact that that is still a mystery is really the most interesting thing about this to me. I mean, it's it's nice that scoring is back up, I think. Uh, although, as we've covered, it's not even necessarily the sort of thing that you would notice if you weren't looking for it. But the really, I mean, for, for people who do what we do and are interested in the game in the way that we're interested in the game, just the sudden 
increase in home runs without an obvious explanation, without even a non-obvious explanation, is one of the more fascinating stories of the season. So we've now been watching this for a year, and when Rob and I wrote about it in March or whenever it was, we said, you know, we'll just have to wait for a bigger sample to see if it's real. And today at Baseball Prospectus, Rob Mains wrote about the home run raid and how just looking at past seasons, there's no reason to expect it to fluctuate much in the second half of the season. Sometimes the home run rate goes up a little bit in the second half. Sometimes it goes down a little bit in the second half, but usually it's pretty stable. And so you'd think that this is what we're going to see for the rest of the season, except that last year when all of this started, it just changed almost overnight and we still don't really know why. And uh, I wonder whether you have formed any hypotheses. Uh, I still think that the, that the best hypothesis is that the composition of the ball has changed by accident or mm-hmm. intent. Uh, that right isn't that by far the most compelling explanation that you guys settled on it is and we you know we we tested one batch of baseballs and we couldn't find any difference between the rob manfred model balls and the bud selig model balls and that was not conclusive i mean you know it's one batch of balls and it could be a non-representative batch even if there was a a change you would expect some balls not to be different just by by chance. And so there was no way that we could kind of economically test enough baseballs to establish it with any certainty. But, you know, I did speak to people at the commissioner's office and they test the ball regularly and they insisted to me that they had not found any difference. And I assume they had done more testing than we had. And I, I mean, I, I can't figure out why you would do that secretly. I mean, if, if, if it is an intentional change, then I don't know why you would, I mean, I, I guess I, I kind of know why you would obscure that. We, we talked about that earlier this year too, but yeah. when you have people looking at it so closely now, you know, it, 30 years ago, you, you might've just gotten away with it and people weren't looking at home runs on contact percentage and exit velocity and sending baseballs to labs. So you could just kind of come up with a story and stick to it or not say anything and probably it would be fine. Now you kind of, have all of these sabermetric eagle-eyed watchdogs. I guess I'm mixing animal metaphors there, but you have people studying these stats and scrutinizing everything. And so it seems more risky to try to get away with it on purpose. And then if it's an accident, if it's just a change in production that wasn't something anyone did intentionally, then you'd think it would still be detected by the testing. So I I still don't get it, but it does seem like the most likely explanation just because it is such a drastic change and it happens so quickly. Yeah, I think that the mo- the most likely explanation, or at least the most compelling explanation, the most likely explanation remains the field. Uh, something that we you know haven't said or that we've discarded. But it seems the most compelling hypothesis is uh, that the composition of the ball has changed. It's, it doesn't seem that compelling to me that it was done intentionally or with the intention of having this result. Because it's not as though baseball was in like some sort of state of crisis uh, where they had to do something desperate or anything like that. Um, it you know that like you know, there there wasn't a great motive for changing. I I don't think. I mean there were less in, obtrusive ways of accomplishing more offense if you wanted to, and um, and uh, you know the game was clicking along pretty well. 
Um, I wonder if I had to say something on like sort of strategic or like on a gameplay grounds, I, I wonder if the fact that, okay, so pitchers are harder and harder to hit every year. They throw harder. They're just, uh, they, they throw harder and, um, they're used in a way that allows them to throw even harder still. And so if you're a batter, uh, and you swing at a ball, your rate of return is going to go down each year just because they're throwing more difficult pitches for you to hit. And if you're, if the odds are that you're not going to do something good with a pitch, uh, that you're likely to swing and miss um, at that pitch, um, then it kind of creates more incentive for you to guess to take the boomer bust type of um, approach to a pitch. So I, I, I think that there, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is more early count swinging as hitters, I think, have realized that um, falling behind in counts against modern pitchers uh, is more damaging than ever before. So there is more uh, early count swinging. Uh, there is perhaps more guessing uh, at pitches or, um, or sitting on certain pitches. Uh, basically, with the recognition that, that most, most at-bats end badly... So uh, you might as well um, uh, you might as well shoot for the moon because you're probably going to lose anyway. So uh, it might be that there's like a kind of not so subtle shift in hitting philosophy that is fairly common throughout the game. And while it seems weird to think that the sport the sport's 750 players could change all at once like that, it's not it's not that outlandish uh, because. They are all kind of using the same data. I think that a lot of this stuff gets talked about publicly, and um, uh, and there aren't really any secrets, and you can see what everybody else is doing. Um, and so it, and they all kind of have a, a lot of the same philosophical basis from front office to front office as it is. So you could sort of imagine that um, a tr- you know like any particular trend that one team or any particular um, shift that one team does uh, is likely to get picked up and copied by many more uh, almost simultaneously these days. Yeah, I think that's true. I I do think there was sufficient motive for Major League Baseball to change the ball. I have no idea whether they did, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there had been a a desire to do that just because scoring was down to the the lowest point in the DH era and people were talking about this a lot and Rob Manfred was getting asked about it a lot and having to say that he'd consider this and consider that and and I actually think it is one of the less obtrusive ways of increasing scoring. I mean, as we were just discussing, it's not even necessarily something you would notice, right? Because guys just hit home runs the ball goes a little bit farther there are more home runs but the game isn't really played any differently the way it would be if you moved the mound or moved the strike zone or did something else the ball goes a little bit farther and it's hit a little bit harder and you don't really notice you just see some scores that have higher numbers although when i was on mlb network last week with joel sherman he was saying that anecdotally it seems to him that he is more often noticing outfielders tracking fly balls and being surprised by their landing spots, you know, going back to the wall on a deep fly ball and appearing to have a beat on it and then looking up as it soars 20 rows deep into the stands. 
as if they too are surprised by how far the ball is flying. Anyway, I think there was a lot of reason for Major League Baseball to do it. Not not that the sport was like in desperate straits or anything. I mean, the, it was very profitable and, and well attended and in good shape financially. So it wasn't like their backs were against the wall. But if you are going to tamper with, with the way the game is played, there were reasons to do that. But Hang on, I want to pause okay. because because I I think where maybe you and I disagree is uh, what we think the um, the consequences would be if they were caught secretly tampering with the ball, juicing the ball as it is. How serious would it be for Major League Baseball? I mean, we saw in Japan that it was a uh, bona fide scandal that uh, cost people jobs. Uh, do you think it would be such here in the states, or are we just? so used to scandal in such a honorless society and like so dulled by um Goodell Goodell is that his name <laughs> yes yeah that we wouldn't uh that we we would just say well the system's rigged everybody does it uh or do you think that major league baseball would actually suffer as an industry and as a uh, you know group of executives uh working in an office would suffer any serious consequences because if you think that the consequences would be slight then yes there's there's enough incentive for them to do something that has little downside for them. If you think that it's the sort of thing that um, you know costs Manfred his career or casts a pall on the sport for four years or something like that and becomes you know quiz show in the 60s, then uh, I would say there's not nearly enough incentive for that. Yeah, I think, I think it would probably be a big deal. I don't know whether it would significantly hurt the sport, but I think there would be a, a wave of negative PR. I don't know. Everything just seems to become a bigger deal in baseball because of the history and the tradition and maybe the age of the fans and the attention that's paid to the statistics. So if if it was found that MLB was putting its finger on the scale and just, you know, tampering with run scoring in that way, I, I think people would probably wouldn't like it. I, you know, would anyone stop watching baseball because of it? I, I don't I don't know. Probably not. But it would be a negative story i think it would be bad pr and i don't know if anyone will lose their jobs over it maybe i mean we talked about earlier this year whether we would mind or anyone would mind if they just came out and admitted and said yeah we're doing that and we talked about whether there would be any downside to that and neither of us really said we would mind if they did that i'd mind a little bit more if they did it secretly i suppose so uh yeah there's some some risk there and i think in in Japan, I mean, they had maintained that there was no difference and the commissioner ended up resigning and, and I think claimed to the end that he didn't know that anything had happened, that other people had made this decision without his knowledge. And so something similar could have happened in Major League Baseball. So there's some risk to it. But I think the uh, alternate hypothesis that you proposed is also plausible. Obviously, there are more strikeouts, which would be consistent with guys just you know, going, selling out for power or going all or nothing and just swinging for home runs and there's no strikeout stigma anymore. And so I could see that happening. The only part of it that confuses me, as you noted, is just that it happened so suddenly. And that's the part I can't quite figure out. It's almost as if everyone just got a memo at the All-Star break last year and said, hey, you know, start swinging harder or something. And then just everyone did it in unison. And I, I agree that uh, maybe that kind of approach would spread pretty quickly, but it still seems extremely sudden. And, yeah. You know, that was when people responded to my article with Rob and said, oh, you know, it's PEDs. 
because people always do that, we kind of had the same response, which is, you know, what everyone in baseball suddenly started taking a new undetectable PED that only helps hitters and doesn't help pitchers. It just didn't really make sense with the timeline of the stats. And so that is my only reservation about the change in hitter approach idea. And it also kind of, I mean, it suggests that hitters were doing something very suboptimal for years, right? Like they should have just been doing this years ago because now they're scoring half a run more per game than they were, you know, two seasons ago, which means that they were just leaving hundreds of runs on the table all the time and that they were capable of hitting lots of home runs all the time, but they just didn't want to. (laughs) They just hadn't decided to. And so now they can just decide to hit home runs and suddenly they hit home runs. I mean, maybe. Yeah, it's not that they're deciding to... I mean, well, they're deciding to hit home runs, but at the cost of, you know, many other parts of the game. And so uh, it's not necessarily that it's... uh, Again, this is a situation where home runs are way up, but it's not like offense is way up. So it's not like they were doing something that was so irrational that they were costing their team tons of wins. Maybe... Maybe the math is, you know, works out to be 40% more home runs, but only a half a percent more offense. And so you'd be like, well, geez, that's crazy. They would give up all those home runs, but they're not. They're, the point of the game is not to hit home runs. The point of the game is to score runs. Uh, so, it, yeah, I mean, it is a lot more runs, though. I mean, it's not, it's not, ignore, it's not as big a percentage increase as the home run increase, but still, it's almost half a run per game relative to 2014 it's the most runs scored in a season since 2009 which was before the strike zone expansion so it's still a lot it's still a significant number of runs that you know we're basically saying that hitters were deciding not to score before yeah um i have a so okay i have not put any thought or any research into this question but um you know how strikeouts are this weird paradox where they um they they help pitchers like a pitcher is incentivized to get them even though they don't seem to hurt hitters which doesn't seem to make sense because it's a zero sum game and yet somehow it does right like and that's one yeah. of the reasons that strikeouts seem to be way up is it conceivable that that walks are the reverse that they're terrible for pitchers and yet not necessarily uh, worth uh, pursuing as much for hitters. And so, so we have more pitchers who are basically, ex, you know, extremely conscious of trying to avoid walks and therefore pumping strikes into the strike zone, while hitters uh, who are seeing less benefit of deep counts um, and uh, perhaps are seeing that home runs are easier to hit than, than before are incentivized to swing at those pitches and no longer pursue the walk as, a, uh, as, an, end, uh, as an end for that at bat. Like, does that philosophically, could that... Could that make sense? Is that conceivable? Huh. Well, we do know that, you know, a walk is a, a valuable thing to do on offense. Yeah, and a strikeout, but a strikeout is an unvaluable thing to do for offense. And yeah. yet we still we still see, say that there's good reason for hitters to accept strikeouts, that yeah. strikeout that, that allowing those strikeouts to seep into your game helps you in other ways and makes you a better hitter uh, in the in the in the hole. And so, yeah, we know that walks are good for hitters, but maybe pursuing walks makes you a worse hitter. That's possible, yeah. I, I mean, although uh, walks are up this season, too. 
They are, yeah, they are, but not. They're still well below, you know, historical norms. They're up over the yeah. last couple of years. From they're up compared to the last couple of years. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's one of the more fascinating things of the season for me, and yet for maybe the majority of baseball fans, it's not even a noticeable thing. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I guess that's kind of one of the big two takeaways for me. I mean, one, the fact that something so dramatic can happen in the way the game is played and we can't know why, which is really kind of amazing that, you know, in this ecosystem where we have a stat that covers every little single outcome, that something so dramatic could change in a very quick time frame and no one knows why exactly. And we all have theories, but we can't prove them or disprove them. That's one of the fascinating things about it to me. And then the other fascinating thing about it is that it is such a drastic change, and yet it is also so easy to miss if you're just not paying really close attention. It's just like, you know, we we obsess over run environment and strikeout rate and home run rate and all of these indicators. And really, fundamentally, the sport is pretty much the same as it was before and you know you could drop a baseball fan from 20 years ago into today's game and you know they'll wonder why all this shifting is going on and everything but otherwise it's you know very recognizable as the same sport you lived through 2000 sort of yeah how old were you you were yeah you were like 13 that was like your prime years right yeah, and that was, you know, why the, the PED era or the home run era or whatever, you know, didn't seem that anomalous to me at the time because yeah. that was kind of the baseball I grew up with. All right, so let's say that you uh, – to I want to ask the question that you asked me about home runs, except imagine that it wasn't home runs. Imagine that um, that you were suddenly dropped into the year 2000, baseball that was exactly like the year 2000. And again, you're not reading analyses, you're not looking at the numbers, you're not scouring uh, the sport for trends. You are just Ben Lindbergh watching baseball games. How many games before you realized that the offensive environment was different than in 2015? And we're talking uh, a full a full run per game more. Yeah, right. Maybe a month? Okay. A month of one team's games or a month of the scoreboard, of watching the scoreboard? Yeah, I'd probably need the scoreboard. I think if you had the scoreboard, you'd notice within a week. There, It was noticeable even, I think, early this season that the scores were different, that the numbers were higher. And so, yeah, maybe if, if you were looking at every box score every night, you would probably sense something different. Yeah, okay. But I don't know whether it would affect your enjoyment in one way or another. I, I, think, uh, I think I like higher scoring, or I like at least this scoring better than I like, say, the scoring of two years ago, but it's not, it doesn't dramatically affect how close attention I pay to the sport or how often I watch it or talk about it or write about it or anything. So I don't know. I guess uh, we probably obsess over these details that are relatively insignificant to many uh, baseball watchers. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I would say that we would stay tuned for uh, the explanation, but at this point I'm not confident that we are going to get a good one, so we'll see, or we won't. All right, 
That is it for today. You can support this podcast on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash effectivelywild and signing up for a small monthly pledge. Five listeners who have already pledged their support, Jake Silverman, Patrick Garza, Nicholas Pelicaro, Joshua Blanchfield, and Tim Wolf. Thank you. You can buy our book, The Only Rule Is It Has to Work, Our Wild Experiment Building a New Kind of Baseball Team. Check out theonlyruleisithastowork.com for more information. And if you like the book, please leave us a review on Amazon and Goodreads. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectivelywild and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Use the coupon code BP when you sign up for the Play Index at BaseballReference.com to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. And you can send us comments, criticisms, complaints at podcasts at BaseballProspectus.com or by messaging us through Patreon. We will be back with one more episode this week tomorrow. Here in